This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me as always is Carthus Sutherland. Hello. And we're joining you predictively, listeners, after Newcastle's 1-0 defeat to Cambridge United in the FA Cup. Did we not say that you never get beyond this round or you get through this round and then not the next in the last podcast? Yes. Uh, I think it's now 15 of the last 16 years we have failed to make it past the fourth round. You can blame me, listeners, really for this after I mentioned that maybe maybe an FA Cup run wouldn't actually be the best thing for us this season, so then, it's now my fault. And then you lauded it over how many times Newcastle won the FA Cup, you know, 60-odd <laughs> years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it is 100% your fault. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, with, with this one, you know, new owners, new manager, but... Same old Newcastle in the FA Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it did. It did look like that. You know, the, the lineup was really good. That went out. You had a strong team. Positive news was that the only person who was out was Wilson. When we expected there to be quite a few players out for injury, um, ASM was able to play. Trippier made his debut. So first off, like a really good, um, solid signing from Newcastle. The first of, hopefully, fingers crossed. And everything oh, crossed, <laughs> fingers, toes, eyebrows. Um, hopefully one of one of many to start filling in the gaps. But yeah, it was a big blow, I feel, to Newcastle's confidence. I mean, great for Cambridge because they haven't won since mid-December. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, fair play to Cambridge, first of all. Obviously, it's something that I think, well, obviously, when these sort of upsets happen, obviously everyone's kind of behind the underdog anyway, so that's... That's fine. I think one thing, as Newcastle fans, we're going to have to get used to in the coming years is that everyone is always going to be rooting against us. Not only in this sort of situation, but just more generally because of the takeover. There's, there's I think, uh, obviously, this you know, there's both. You've sort of got that element of jealousy with the with the riches, and then obviously the understandable human rights concern that the Saudis bring and it all kind of it does sort of make us the bad guy unfortunately as we've discussed in this podcast and as does make me it, it, it is it does sort of take the sheen off what should be an optimistic time for the club I do to be fair though I've seen a few headlines saying that I mean not necessarily from the most um, reputable of, of, of football and, and sporting sources. People saying, oh, Newcastle are found out that throwing the checkbook at players doesn't win games. And it's like, guys, they've got one player, one. A, they didn't have the chance to buy anyone before, obviously, the transfer window opened. And B, the transfer opened his window and um, was opened and, and one player has come in. You can't really... I'm just, for I'm just for only to, £12 million pounds as well. Which, which is, is your record which, signing. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, because we all know Jollington costs forty million. Look at it despite the wonderful business of Newcastle. I do I do think you they, can't... they've gone a bit early, haven't they, with that headline? Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Give it a year. And when, when you've when signed we, Grealish for two hundred million, when we're um, when we're still rubbish after we've signed all the players and fair, spent Man City, fair dudes. you've gone early after one after one actually very sensible signing. Which I mean, we'll yeah. So I feel not that he had a great that... debut, but we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 talk a bit more about Trippier's arrival um, in the news section. So, but... so I don't think you can be all doom and gloom at the moment. I don't think you can really you know be be, be sad about that part. Um, what you can kind of be a little, little bit upset by is is the fact that. You just just couldn't finish it, which again highlights that that loss of Wilson. Um, yeah, I mean that that was a, a thing we saw, didn't we, we mm. throughout the match? Obviously, absolute shout out to uh, Dimitar Mitov, yeah, the Cambridge game. goalie. Yeah. yeah, I mean some absolutely stunning saves. I mean that last one to keep out Jolinton in the final minute of injury time, and and quite a few really really top saves throughout the match. You got to obviously give your hands up, uh, put your hands up for him. You know, give him the props because he did. He, had, he just had one of those games that goalies have sometimes. But from a Newcastle point of view, it, it it did sort of show our sort of lack of cutting edge of it, didn't it? Yeah, you were all over them though. So again, on a positive spin, I do, I do feel that Newcastle were a bit hard done by. Um, but again, yeah, everyone was rooting against Newcastle because it's Cambridge. As we said this last week, literally any team who's in a lower division, people will be rooting for them if it's not their team. I mean, to be honest, if it was Leicester versus, I don't know, Forest Green Rovers for whatever reason, part of me would kind of want Forest Rovers to, to do well because why not? Like, this is their one and only opportunity to give it a go. And obviously they're going to throw everything at it. And however far they get through, they'll probably be knackered and they'll run to the ground and they'll do themselves injuries, but they're going to stay on that pitch and do everything. And you saw how much it meant to, to Mitov. He, he was ecstatic at the end. So, Yeah, I mean, he, he was the hero, wasn't he, at the end? I mean, obviously, Joe Ironside scored the winner as well. So, of course, he'll have got the props. Oh, just one lack of judgment, though, wasn't it? That, that just lost, that, just disconnected a little bit and it was a scrappy one. I mean, yeah, as we've seen... Time at times that time and time again this season. And time and time and time and time. <laughs> yes. And time and time and time. Defensive lapses uh, again costing us. There's no getting away from it. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sound like the cliched bitter fan here, <laughs> but I, I, I genuinely, he looked offside in the build up. Yeah. It did look offside to me. I mean, compare that to Harry Kane being offside the other week because his armpit was over mm. when his feet clearly weren't. It Look, yeah, that one, it looked offside. I'm not begrudging Cambridge this win because they did play very well. They defended well. And as I say, the goalie obviously had an incredible game. Yeah, it's always a little bit frustrating. I, w- I would be far more frustrated if this had happened in a league game. Yeah. where we obviously desperately need the points or if we were having a proper cup run, which is such a, a nice rarity now for Newcastle and it happened later on. But, you know, against uh, Cambridge, who I do wish well to in the subsequent rounds, like, you know, I'm not like super angry and super upset, but it's you know, obviously it's, it's a bit annoying. Um, 
But I mean, I think the fact that you back me up on that shows it's not just me with my Newcastle hat on there. I mean, obviously, you're very biased, and everything you say about Newcastle is wrong. But, <laughs> but um... I mean, that's probably true. <laughs> to be quite frank, that's probably true. <laughs> I feel that the atmosphere was very nice, actually, at um, St James's Park. There's a out crowd. Obviously, as many Cambridge fans as, as humanly possible crammed in I think there. About five thousand up, up up in the gods up at St James's Park. Yeah. I mean, it must have been very nice. Obviously, no one said shouting at Ashley, go home, Ashley. No one's shouting it. <laughs> However, else they've decided to shout at the time. So, you know, uh, that, that's a positive. Yeah, I think I think what I worry about is, as you mentioned earlier, the fact that we were able to put out such a strong team, as, as we discussed last week. <laughs> I thought because of injuries or, or not wanting to risk players getting injured, I, you know, I, I wondered... Would we maybe try and start a bit of a reserve side, you know, make sure Sam Maximan or any other key players, you know, can yeah. stay fit? Obviously, you know, fair play to Eddie Howe. He did go big. He did go for the win with that team selection. What worries me is the fact that then we still couldn't keep a clean sheet, the fact that we still lost. Because even through Amaron and, that, um, oh, Amaron and who else was it? It's gone. It's gone back. Willock, you threw both of those on as yeah. well. And it, yeah, it, it, the the impact that that could have on the confidence worries me. After what was such a good performance against Manchester United in the last game, all the confidence that we hopefully have taken from that, I just I just hope we haven't then thrown it all away before we have this crunch crunch game with Watford next week, which again we'll we'll get to in a little bit. Um, fingers crossed uh, that we haven't. I do think we talk about confidence a lot, and I, I know it's been. You know, it's been quite obvious for Newcastle. But again, we have to remember that they are professionals. And, and I'd like to think that they'd be able to I mean, you could have fooled me this season. Some of that different. I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> and you're shooting me down. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, my, it's my natural Newcastle pessimism. Okay, right. I mean, I mean, do you want me just to go down that same line? You're going to no, be relegated. <laughs> you're going to be relegated from the championship. You're going to be with Sunderland. In fact, you're going to skip two two leagues, <laughs> three leagues. <laughs> and then we can giant kill someone ourselves next season. Galaxy Brown Pinky. Who are you going to get? Who are you going to? You've only won one match this whole. Who are you going to giant kill? Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Who are you going to call? <laughs> you Kessa. Sorry, I I I. Got myself stuck on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, just to go back to that sort of lack of cutting edge. I mean, to sort of smoothly segue into the new section here. We, I mean, we already knew that he was going to be out for a little while. I think we could tell that just the way he went down without any players actually around him, and Eddie Howe basically then saying as much after the game when we played Man United um, after Christmas. But confirmation now that Callum Wilson is going to be out for around eight weeks. So, yeah, uh, we we need to get a striker in in January. That's, I mean, we, we knew that anyway, even if Callum Wilson had been fit. We needed backup for precisely this kind of situation. The fact that <laughs> that has actually happened... <laughs> just before the window even opened, I think does clearly show uh, exactly why we need to get another forward on the books. Yeah. I don't know who you're going to get, though. I mean, I mean, who would your ideal ideal striker 
B. Obviously, an ideal within <laughs> realms of reality. So not not Robert Lewandowski then. Yeah, or, let's 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 watch that happen, shall or, we? Or somehow a twenty-five-year-old Alan Shearer. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure. I now that we've got Kieran Trippier in, and um, we'll talk about him in a moment. One thing that we know that Trippier is really really good at is set pieces, is crossing. We got a lot of crosses into the box against Cambridge, uh, according to the stats. So I think of, I want someone to be reasonably mobile, but someone who's strong in the air, I think, would be useful given this new ability we've got in terms of hopefully getting better deliveries into the box. Mm. So someone who can handle themselves. Now, I'm not saying get Andy Carroll back. <laughs> But as I say, hopefully someone maybe a bit more mobile, but someone who's got a bit of stature up front, I think probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So would you want someone who is a holding player up front or someone just with pure pace? <laughs> uh, I mean, to be honest, at this point, I will take what I can get. But if they can, if they're, de- Anyone. If they're decent Anyone in the air. Ball, just get people from the crowd. <laughs> Anyone can kick a ball at the goal. <laughs> get Crouchy in there. <laughs> Could you have Maddie? Every time he had the ball, I mean, that sounds really harsh. I, I, he's a great guy, but like genuinely. And he's a good player. You look at him and he shouldn't be, but he was a good player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen on here that you've put that he's a huge defensive upgrade on on Ariel Craft. And then I've looked at the lineups and Craft was still playing. <laughs> yes, he was. So, the, so yeah, the, so this is Kieran Trippier, if you haven't noticed, even just from us talking on the podcast. Sorry, that's my bad. I realised we were talking about your ideal no, form. No, no, and, then, and then I got distracted by looking at the fact that yes, the no, nemesis I, is still playing. That didn't, that didn't escape. <laughs> to be fair, I think he's probably better in the centre than as a right back. However, But could I you still, literally not have had anybody else? I, well, I don't think so. Just have some shoes. But I still don't think he's very good. Just put some shoes on the line and surely you'll do more. Than... <laughs> Just a trading code. Um... Yeah. It's just one of those little metal <laughs> kind of cutouts that they have on trading. <laughs> but, yeah, this is uh, the news, obviously, that Kieran Trippier, who, of course, made his rather unspectacular debut, must be said, against Cambridge, signed for £12 million plus add-ons. I'm assuming those add-ons are largely based on whether or not we survive. Signed him for £12 million on a two-and-a-half-year deal uh, with an option for 12 months. Yeah, I think this is a really good start to Newcastle's business in January. We touched on it last week when it did seem like it was going to go ahead, but as we've discussed before, listeners, we're generally going to discuss transfers once they are absolutely confirmed because we know that these things can fall through. I mean, I'm still going to add hype there. <laughs> But look, you know Ronaldo next year. No, oh, I don't want him. No, <laughs> sorry, go on. <laughs> I know that puts me in the minority listeners, but I, no, I just, thank you. I just knew it would annoy you. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Kieran Trippier, I think, is first of all that is a fairly reasonable amount of money. I think you know it's not spent. If we'd have spent like thirty million, then you'd be questioning. You, you know, you'd be questioning that process. That like, oh god, are, are we just going to get rinsed? for every player that we go in for and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But I think um, for a player of his quality and experience, and he's not too old. He, he only turned 31 a few months ago. So he's he's not young, but he's not like super old either. Um, 
yeah, I, I think I'm I'm really pleased that we've got him in. I mean, the fact that Atletico Madrid, who are one of the most defensively sound teams in the world, a, a team who, despite obviously being the slight underdogs, won La Liga last season. So, you know, we're bringing in a title winner here. The fact that they really wanted to keep him, I think does say a lot. It, it's not like he went to Spain, didn't really work out, and now he's coming back. They wanted, they wanted him to stay. He wanted to return to the north of England, and Does I'm that sure. Say more about Trippier than Atletico. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Well, for a lot of people, living in Spain is a lot nicer <laughs> than living in the north. north oh, fair, yes, yeah. I see. It's a dig at the north. I like the north. <laughs> Screw you. I like the north, but but if you have the choice, would you not live in Spain? So don't go on this whole northern southern divide crap because I'm a Midlander, so you can jog on there. <laughs> well, you know, fair enough if, if living in Madrid's not for him. I was literally having a joke. I think it's fair enough that he wants to come back. No, I know. I'm just saying that. No. My assumption is that's where most of his family is. He's coming, and again, you've said that he's 31, and he's obviously got still a good couple of years left, but he is coming to the end of his career. Would you not want to finish off your, your year somewhere where you know that your family can see you, that you're going to be close to your family and that you can have a difference. I can see exactly why he wants to do it. I mean, that's the thing. If, if he comes in and helps us stay up and then, you know, we know where Newcastle then will be hoping to go in the coming years, uh, provided we stay up and don't have to kind of reset and restart from the championship next season... That is going to be an exciting project um, for players to come in for, and hopefully, his arrival as you know an experienced international player, a player who until literally you know a few weeks ago was playing in the Champions League. Hopefully, his arrival will make us a bit more attractive to players who otherwise might have just looked at the league table and gone, you know what, no thanks, I'll see how this plays out. The fact that he's he's come in will hopefully make some of those players think, oh, you know, he, he's in there, he's a good player, Sam Maximan, so on, like, I could come in too and help out. Like, you know, it, it hopefully maybe it has like this like slight snowball effect. Um, I've been very positive this whole time about Newcastle. So then let me balance the scales a little bit. If I was Kieran's friend, <laughs> and we're on first name basis, obviously, um, Kieran, buddy. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm like, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you wait for like the end of the season and see where things lie? Because I'm sure they'd still be interested. I'm sure Newcastle would still want Kieran Trippier next year. Well, um, I, I, I for one am glad that he's And, and I'd be like, Kieran, buddy, <laughs> you're playing for a you know top flight team. Obviously, Newcastle's a top flight team, but you're also playing for a team who isn't in the middle of a relegation battle. And who realistically probably going to get relegated, <laughs> whereas it's better to get Madrid or not. Also, you're playing in Europe, which you are not going to be doing with Newcastle. And I don't care if you win every single match from now on, Newcastle are not going to be playing in Europe next year either. No, no, we are no, not. No. So <laughs> I'd be like, Kieran. <laughs> right, props, right? You want to go home, literally... You could have gone to Leicester. We're much more exciting. We're also in the Midlands, so not too far away from the north. Or the south, you know, you can have a trip either way. <laughs> but like, 
at least we're not in the middle of a relegation battle. So we'd be like, Kieran, buddy, literally go to anywhere else <laughs> in the nicest possible way. And I, do, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair comment. That's not me having a dig at Newcastle. I think, I no, think that I, is I, completely fair. I th- I th- no, I, I think it is fair. Um, I think the, the fact that Kieran Trippier has worked with Eddie Howe at Burnley um, before as well, that might might have played in our favour beyond, obviously, all the money and all the rest of it that we can throw at him and, and other players. Um, but, yeah, in terms of what he can bring for us, as we've said, defensively, huge, huge upgrade on what we've got at the back. Again, great at crossing the ball. Great free kick taker as well. I can now say that Newcastle have a player who scored a free kick in a World Cup semi-final. Woo! Haters will say that he wasn't playing for us now. <laughs> but, you know, he, he's been, again, what I think is a testament to, you know, the fact that he is a really strong player is he's still been a regular for Gareth Southgate in obviously this England team that has done such wonderful things in recent years. He started that World Cup semi. He started the final of the Euros last summer as well. It is a little bit puzzling maybe that he would have done this in a in a World Cup year because your England career will dry up, Kieran, now that you're at St. James' I mean, Park. That's it. He's never playing I'm not even sure Gareth Southgate knows where St. James' Park is. Um, <laughs> So it does kind of feel like he has conceded his England place, but maybe he's thinking... I think he's confirmed may, his may, retirement, Chris. Maybe he's thinking that like, if he can actually have like an amazing... Well, first of all, end to this season and then a strong start to next season. Like, keep, keep, keep us up. Start next season. Well, maybe he's thinking that'll actually in some ways help him more. I'm not sure. Or maybe, yeah, maybe he's just... Decided that he's ended up missing the malarkey. I don't know, but I am I am really happy that we've signed him, and I think, especially like at the price and what have you, I think that's it's a pretty sensible one for me. As I say, it's a, it's a if it was like if it was like twenty million plus, it was thirty million, whatever it was. Like you think, yeah. I'm not, I mean, you still wouldn't necessarily question his arrival, but you would question the business that was being done, and like, are we just going to throw money around left, right, and centre, and are we just going to get taken advantage of, and so on? I think for the Price paid, I think that's not bad actually at all. No, no, I think it is a very, it's a very good sign. And to say it is something that you needed, you needed someone at the back. You think Newcastle still need another centre back minimum? Definitely. And obviously, a, a striker or just anyone <laughs> who can hit the ball, not at the goalkeeper. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, as I say, this is a strong start. There's lots more to do. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're a third of the way through the month now at, at the time of recording. As I say, I think uh, at the barest minimum, we still need another centre-back and a striker. And really, I think we probably need three or four more players. We're just going to have to obviously wait and see, and we will keep you guys updated on our thoughts as those signings hopefully continue to come in. It is a bit of a concern that we're so far through the season. Obviously, any manager that comes into a team doesn't matter where they are in the league. It's always a project. And Eddie Howe doesn't have that much time for a project right now. Um, <laughs> I am going to add to the hype, but I know you say you're not going to talk about it. And I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to say potentially Barnaldum. Yeah, I would I would love that. Just to briefly <laughs> channel Kevin Keegan, I would love to have Jamie back. Or are you on first name base with him as well? Are you going to be like, oh, buddy? Oh, I, <laughs> I, 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 no, this is right. <laughs> 
Oh God, it, it really upset me when <laughs> Liverpool bought him and Liverpool fans were calling him Genie before his Newcastle shirt was even cold yet. I, that genuine, like, as hard as it, like, what listeners, I'm just going to be honest, <laughs> I, I do not particularly care for Liverpool as a football club. I'm just going to get that out there right now. He hates Liverpool. I'm not gonna be I do not particularly care. <laughs> so the, whenever, for example, like Andy Carroll or Wijnaldum, etc., whenever they poach one of our really good players, even if we are well compensated for it, there's that extra bit of hurt because you don't like seeing them go to a club that you don't really care for. And then, yeah, seeing Liverpool fans are like, oh, yeah, mate, Genie's class, you know. Like, literally, like, he'd been signed for like five minutes. Like, you don't have the right to call him Genie yet. He is Jorginho Wijnaldum to you, Liverpool fans on Twitter. Anyway, that's just still me being bitter years and years after the But you're the doing exactly the same thing when it's literally a rumour. But we've already had him, so I'm allowed to call that him Genie. <laughs> doesn't mean Look, that it's he's, allowed. <laughs> well, he's not happy at PSG. I'd love it if he came back. He probably won't. He'll probably go somewhere else or he'll stay I there. do believe Arsenal are also looking for him, but... but look, I don't know. I think it'll be, it'll be great. Who knows? Yeah, look, we'll, we'll talk more about that, listeners, if if that ever gets confirmed. Um, anyway, you've got your really exciting match <laughs> against Watford, who have just suffered a 4-1 defeat in the FA Cup by Leicester, so that means Leicester move on. The reigning champions of the <laughs> FA Cup, another step forward. <laughs> With only 11, it was less than 11 first-team players on the pitch and on the bench. <laughs> yes, um, Watford, yeah. I mean, honestly, this... I mean, we've been here before a bit with the Norwich and Burnley games. This is almost make and break for our entire season. It absolutely must win. I mean, just to to put the table in perspective, listeners, I wouldn't blame you if you haven't been looking at it recently because it doesn't make for fun reading. Watford, they're two points ahead of us in 17th. Obviously, a win here for us could, depending on other results, um, Burnley specifically, it could lift us out of the relegation zone this weekend, which would be amazing just to not be in the relegation zone anymore, even if it's only briefly. Um, Likewise, if Watford were to beat us, then that gap all of a sudden is five points. That looks a lot, a lot more challenging to overcome. Yeah. So, yeah, honestly, this is going to be one of the biggest games of the of the remainder of the season for us. Um, and, I mean, look, Watford, they're not coming into it in good form. Um, they've lost their last seven games in all competitions. Uh, as you mentioned, Cara, obviously most recent of those being that 4-1 defeat to you guys. I mean, they can't... I, I mean, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. I fully admit we're dreadful at defending as well. They also are not very good at defending. Yeah, but if Claudio offers them free pizza, if they get a clean sheet, you're in trouble because we know that works. And then it'll go dilly-ding, dilly-dong, and you'll be gone. I mean, look, it, it is worth noting, just to put that one of seven defeats in some perspective that actually, you know, shows that maybe Watford haven't been quite as bad as a run of seven consecutive defeats might suggest. When you look at the players, um, sorry, the teams that they've actually played in that run, it has been a very difficult run for them. I mean, in that seven games, they played Leicester twice, 
They've played Chelsea, they've played Man City, they've played West Ham, and they've played Tottenham. Like of those seven games, the only one, the only team where realistically you might have thought going into that game, yeah, Watford could pick up some points here, is they played Brentford. Obviously, they lost that as well. But when you think you, think you had a bad run? Well, to be <laughs> fair, that seven game stretches back a while because they also had a bunch of postponements in the middle of it. Um, so they also had a bit of a weird, quiet December where normally it would have been uh, a lot busier. And yeah, as I say, they obviously they don't have that sort of giant-killing confidence or loss of confidence that we hopefully don't have, but maybe do. But, you know, losing 4-1 in your last game's never going to be a particular confidence booster. I feel if Newcastle play the way they've played in the league, and even, to be honest, the way they played against... Cambridge, just without mistakes in the in the back, um, <laughs> and hopefully with just slightly better finishing. Yeah, I, 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 think I mean that- to be fair, obviously we could have finished those chances better. That said, on another day, if you're creating chances of that quality, one of them or two of them are probably going to go in because the goalie's not always going to have yeah, such an incredible day. Yeah, it, it was just it was bad luck for Newcastle's. Uh, part and excellent for, for Cambridge that they keep us so on it. But I feel that if you play the way, if, if Newcastle play the way they, they have done in their last couple of matches, you know, you should win. You're in a much better position than Newcastle were last time with the shocking finish of Jacob Murphy's, which will <laughs> coin the phrase, just put it in the net! Yes, that, I mean, um, that, that was that game, listeners, when we really, really, I mean, we battered them all game at Vicarage Road. And then it, yeah. Jacob Murphy has the chance to win it right at the end, and but yes, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you remember the commentary. It's etched into my brain. I'm sure it's etched into my <laughs> But that was at the height of Murphy's bad period, and um, we both agree, and I'm sure no one can disagree really at how much Murphy's improved over the last couple of games. In, in fact, from that point, we couldn't really get much worse. <laughs> but from that point, he has improved so much more, and he had some excellent shots against Cambridge again. So we can only hope that that situation is not going to reoccur. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, and, well, stop me if you've heard this one before, <laughs> car all listeners. <laughs> I had a cursory glance at Newcastle's head-to-head record. So Chris tortured himself over the weekend looking at the head-to-head record. Well, I'll be honest, I didn't realise it was as bad as it was, <laughs> even though I probably should have because I probably did this ahead of that game we've just talked about earlier in the season. I'm going to get you a t-shirt of saying, I didn't realise it would be as bad as this. <laughs> I mean, that can apply for a lot of things in my life. Um, 2022. But, <laughs> or 2020 to present. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, listeners, it, it how, how long? How long did, um, what's his name, have the club? Because I think you should have it when Ashley bought the club. Yeah, two, that 2007 to present. Onwards, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just to, to spell it out, listeners, since 2015, we have played Watford 11 times. <laughs> we've lost seven of those and we've won just once, which is, again, does not make for great confidence going into this game that we absolutely, no question, have to win. We're at home. I just, God, God, I hope. I hope, I hope we win. <laughs> I've got a horrible feeling Newcastle are going to do the most Newcastle thing in the world. I mean, probably. And, and just not, and just forget how to play football. Probably, and it's probably. really, really important. After they've done so well 
against Man United and all the other teams they've played recently where they've deserved more points than, than Newcastle have actually managed to achieve. And then you're going to go against Watford and you'll be like, yes, all you have to do, literally all you have to do is play at that level or slightly less, to be honest, slightly less. No offence to Watford, but, you know, they aren't a Man United. Well, to be fair, Man United is falling apart of the team, so probably not the best, probably not the best juxtaposition. But anyway, all they have to do is play football and then yeah. I can just, um, my, conf- my confidence, let's forget their confidence because let's be honest, we don't know what it is, but my confidence has gone. <laughs> I am already nervous, listeners. <laughs> but we will see how Newcastle get on. In the meantime, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review, that would be absolutely fantastic. And until next time, this has been Magpies Unrestricted. I've been your very nervous host, Chris Simpson. <laughs> Thank you, Cara. No problemo. And thank you, listeners. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.